So even though the plan is fair and it's just someone on one side or the other is going to think it is not. And in that case, for all the reasons above and and causing headaches and cooperation and, and hurt feelings, you can understand why maybe going through the probate process to get that wrapped up is maybe not the best way to do it because you're just putting a target on the back of the executor. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome in to another episode of Complete Estate Planning. Nick, what do you know about Jeff Foxworthy? Were you a big fan of of him and, and that group as they were moving through, I guess it was the 90s, right? Late 90s? Yes. Yes, I think it was the 90s. I thought it was funny, but mostly I think it was my mom got really mad whenever we'd be in the basement and she would you know, open the door and hear someone cussing on TV. Or back then, even if it was bleeped out, yeah, she would get mad and make us turn it off. So I can't say I got to listen to a whole lot of it. Um and then who was the other? Larry the Cable Guy. That was another yeah. one of them, right? And I thought he was kind of funny. And then that went off the map. And then going way off course, my son loves the Cars uh, Pixar movie franchise, of course. Yeah. And Mater, uh, the tow truck, that's Larry the Cable Guy uh, who does the voice for me. Ah, okay. And I was like, oh, I know that voice. I know that voice. And then I finally watched... We got through one all the way to the credits uh, one time when he was sick. Um, <laughs> and I looked at it and I said, that makes sense. Because I know they were, they were kind of doing it at the same time. I don't remember if they were together. Uh, I think they were all kind of doing it together, even though they each had their own act. But no, I thought, I thought Jeff Foxworthy was kind of funny. I think it was overdone, though, because I think everyone you know, piled on that bandwagon and they kind of wore it out a little bit. But no, he was funny, especially before everyone else started copying him. Yeah, it was it was original for a little bit. And they, and they all parlayed that into uh, pretty big money for the most part. And I know they toured for a while. They might still tour. I don't I don't really know. But um, they did. They did have a nice run there. But and, and I ask you that because as you if you've you know listening to the podcast, you probably saw the title of this episode. You might want to avoid probate court if should I, I I don't know if I have a Jeff Foxworthy voice I can throw <laughs> on that Nick I'll, I'll, you know you might be you might want to avoid probate court if I don't know that's not even close but you get the idea and I know we 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 really we really do hammer probate court quite a bit on this podcast I think that's if you've listened to the show at all you probably know that so it's not a surprise that we're probably going to go at it again but I think this is very interesting and, and should be a fun angle on the conversation. Yes, yes. And also there are, I think in general, I mean, what can I say? Probate court is a government-run inheritance program. So <laughs> you can cue all of those jokes and stereotypes that you want. Sure, it does have its purpose and it's certainly needed as a backup because if we don't have other arrangements, who's always going to be there? 
to count on. Well, maybe not count on, but at least count on to be there, you know, the government, so to speak. So something, their safety net has to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a few things, and we'll go over these um, on the episode right now, where I think it's most important and, you know, extremely, extremely wise to consider avoiding probate court at all costs, even more so than just in general, you know, kind of the, the you know, the ins and outs and the hassles of, of probate court. So here's some things where, at least for me, when I'm meeting with families, my ears perk up and I'll write a little something in my notebook and say, ding, 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 that's something where we need to avoid it. I actually had a couple of these come up uh, in the last week or so. Um, there's some specific situations where probate court is even worse than normal. Um, hmm. I'm not going to try a Jeff Foxworthy uh, impersonation. You are braver than I am, so I will give you props <laughs> for that. I am a Kentucky boy um, originally, but northern Kentucky, Fort Thomas, so greater Cincinnati. Right. Um, I'm, you know, I, I lived 10 minutes from from downtown Cincinnati. I have all of my teeth. Um, I grew up in the suburbs. The only tractor we ever had was my father's riding lawnmower because um, we had a, a decent-sized lot in suburbia. But hey, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm a suburbanite. I'm not a city slicker. Uh, I'm not really a country boy. Uh, kind of right there in the middle. So I'm close enough to everything. It's not a 45-minute caravan and tell the whole neighborhood if you're going to the grocery store. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, I'm the hustle and bustle of downtown. I'm, I don't know. I'm too old. I'm too boring for that. And I like to go to bed early. So I guess kind of <laughs> suburbs right there in the middle. I got you. We're going to, we're going to do that today. Before we get started on this, uh, this conversation, before we start telling you some, a few, uh, I guess, uh, probate court jokes along the way, we will, uh, point you to the website, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. That's where we're going to put this episode and all of our past conversations. And we, we covered probate a number of different, uh, angles on that. So if you want to learn more about why we kind of have this, or at least I have this, uh, issue with probate court, I'm not going to speak for Nick. You can learn more about our conversations by going to CincinnatiEstatePlan.com and make sure you subscribe to the show wherever it is you listen, uh, follow the show on Apple, Google, Spotify, all those places. You can find us everywhere. All right. So Nick. First one for us, we got a few of these we're going to run through. You might want to avoid probate court if you have beneficiaries under the age of 18. Why is that? Okay, so the first one, if you have underage children, grandchildren, or just anyone you want to give money to who's not at least 18, at least here in Ohio, uh, a legal adult. Uh, One thing to keep in mind is you cannot give money to a minor. So if we can't give it to a minor, where does it go? Well, it's most likely given to the executor, custodian, someone who will be responsible for managing the money for them until they reach adulthood. But who looks over it? The probate court will. And they do that. It's not a bad thought. They do that so that someone can make sure that the underage person is not being taken advantage of or stolen from. And let's be honest with you, a four-year-old's never going to know if you're stealing their money. Okay. So I, I think the thought here is good, but it's a hassle for the executor, the guardian, who's ever in charge of managing the money for the underage person. Um, and then once they turn 18, all the money's dumped on them all at once. 
Okay, because then they're an adult. Probate court's not designed to be a financial advisor and manage their money for the next 30 years. It's just not how they're set up. So it'll be supervised by the government. Um, all the proceedings, including the money spent, are public record. So can definitely put targets on the back of the children. So they say, oh, looks here like um, uh, Nick's son has uh, $500,000 coming to him when he turns 18. Eh, I don't know how desirable that is. Mm -hmm. um, and then once they reach 18, all the money goes to them. And, of course, it's certainly a hassle, like I said, for whoever the adults are that are in charge of this. They have to account for everything for the probate judge and basically have the probate judge look over their shoulder uh, and backseat drive everything. It's good that they're looking out for them, but at the same time, Assuming you have someone you trust, it's just an extra headache for them that you don't necessarily uh, want to throw on them. Okay, makes a lot of sense. All right, this next one, I think I can kind of follow along where you're going here, but you might want to avoid probate court if you want to handle the inheritance distribution with care. Yeah, um, even if um, everyone is of legal age. So even if you have an 18-year-old, Maybe you don't want to dump all this money on an 18-year-old, even though they're legally an adult. So if we want to delay some distributions until future ages, maybe 22, 25, 30, 40, 50, um, when they're a legal adult either way, but maybe more of an adult in a practical sense, more mature. Let's say you want to do multiple installments. Uh, I have a lot of clients, maybe half gets doled out at age 25 and maybe the other half at 30 or three installments, something like that. Let's say you want to specify what the money can and can't be used for. So money can only be used for support needs, education, medical bills, etc. cetera. Uh, if you want a special exception and money can be used to pay for the wedding or at least the first wedding, um, <laughs> maybe for a, if they want to start a business money can be released to them ahead of time, or a down payment on the house, something like that. So mm -hmm. um, if you want to have you know, specific rules for what is allowed and what's not allowed, um, or let's say you have concerns about how they'll manage the money. Maybe they're in a crummy relationship, and you're worried that their wife or husband is a bully and is going to take all the money, or when they get divorced, then your hard-earned money is going to go to the ex-husband or wife of your child. You'll be rolling over in your grave. Let's say maybe they just spend money and waste it, and you're worried that all the money that you worked hard for 20, 30, 40, 50 years will just turn into a brand-new sports car and boats and trucks hmm. and something like that, and it'll be wasted in five years. You know, what if someone has some real problems? Maybe there's a substance abuse problem, a gambling problem, something to that effect. Bad idea to write them a check. Um, or if someone is disabled, has some sort of special needs, developmental disability, they're on government disability, and they need help managing the money and protecting their disability benefits. Okay, so those are the things probate court does not really, or the probate proceeding in general, you're not really able to do that very well. Okay, so that's the next one where it's a bad idea to rely on the probate court uh, to handle your wishes the way you want to, if, if that's something that you're concerned about. I got you. All right, next one. You might want to avoid probate court if 
You are afraid of leaving a burden for your executor or your guardians. Well, dealing with the probate court is costly. It's Mm -hmm. time-consuming. It's a headache. It's burdensome. You almost always have to hire an attorney to get through it. Then the alternative, um, handling it outside of probate court. So someone's going to have a headache to deal with, maybe more than one person. Someone's going to have to work with an attorney, file all this paperwork. Um, That responsibility, of course, will fall on whomever you put in charge of the estate after you pass. Some people, it's not a big deal. It is what it is. But I have some people who their biggest concern is leaving a mess or leaving a burden or a lot that needs to be cleaned up for whoever is in charge after they're gone. I have a lot of people who say, Nick, I do not want my family member, my child, my sister, whomever it is, I don't want them to have to deal with a headache after I'm gone. I want to make their life easier. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I get that after our conversations that we've had. And, and I also know that, you know, one of the, the biggest problems with probate is, you know, sorting it out with, within your family and causing some, some drama and some tension there. And that takes us to the next one that, you know, you, you, you want to avoid probate court if you're worried that your family is not going to cooperate with each other. Yeah. So probate court, and we've gone over this a couple times, requires paperwork and cooperation from all the beneficiaries and all of the next of kin, which is a, you know, kind of the family relationship, even if they're not inheriting. Okay. So if we have any situation where someone's not happy and people are not all agreeing and signing their paperwork and getting it back and causing no problems, you know where this can go if someone's not happy, not cooperating, can cause lengthy delays, tensions will rise, mountains of paperwork, all of the when am I going to get my money phone calls, sometimes they call me, sometimes they call the executor, <laughs> sometimes they call both, and you can just see how that can make you know, some people who are already not on the best of terms, it's just going to make it worse. Yeah. And, you know, kind of piggybacking off of that, right, the same kind of reasons for this one is the same for the next one is, you know, you want to avoid it if you're disinheriting someone or not leaving an equal inheritance because I guess, you know, you got to get everybody to agree, right? And then there's also another opportunity here for people to contest the inheritance. Exactly. So this is kind of, you're exactly right, it's kind of related to the last one, but it's basically... If we're going to cut someone out or we have three kids and we're not leaving it a third, a third, a third, there's a lot of times where you may sit there and say, I'm pretty darn sure that someone's not going to be happy because of the way it's going to work out. And because of the cooperation, um, it basically gives the jilted person, if you want to call it that, the ability to throw a monkey wrench into the process. What do they got to lose? Right, can cause headaches for everyone else. There's opportunities to challenge or contest the inheritance plan. And then, of course, it puts the executor on the defensive. Even when they didn't want to fight, all of a sudden the plan is being challenged. They're being challenged. The work that they're doing is being challenged. So when you get attacked, you have to gear up for battle, basically. And I think you're exactly right, just like what we just talked about. But a lot of times you can almost predict problems coming in a situation where you're not 
where, where someone is getting jilted, or at least they may think they're getting jilted. Yeah, and, and you know, kind of, I think each of these work together, these three, but I think it's important to point out kind of each individual scenario. But, you know, the next one is, you know, if you're worried about a beneficiary that thinks the estate plan is unfair or it's wrong, even if it isn't. Yeah, and it's very similar, but the, the one distinction here is even if things are fair, that doesn't always mean people will think they are. Um, and I'll give you a couple examples. Normally, this has to do with two things. One, if one of the beneficiaries has already gotten some money while mom or dad were alive, let's say there's three kids, a third, a third, a third, but one of the kids already got $100,000 five years ago. Mm -hmm. And so the plan says, well, we're going to subtract that 100000 out of the inheritance, and then it's going to be a third, a third, a third altogether, but they're going to get less money on the back end because they already had 100000 that they got ahead of time. So even though it's equal and it's fair, you can see how there can be some headaches or some contention, even though it's, it ends up coming out as a wash the way it should. That's one where someone got money ahead of time. Actually, whether that is getting readjusted and squared up at the end or not. What if someone got money ahead of time? Uh, let's say it was a loan. Mm -hmm. Those are the real contentious ones. Say, Mom, can I borrow $100,000? I promise I'll pay you back, and they never pay them back. Hmm. Now what? Right. Um, the, the person has the ability to put in their inheritance plan. That loan is forgiven, so it's off the books. And then the people who didn't get the loan will feel jilted. Or if the loan is supposed to be adjusted for and accounted for on the back end, then the person who got the loan said, well, you're just treating me worse. I was going to pay. Mom or dad said I could keep the money. They never asked me to pay it back. So you can see where that goes. Yeah. Even if what we're doing is fair and right. Um, the flip side is if someone takes care of mom or dad in their old age. Maybe they sell their house and move in with mom and dad to help them out. Or maybe mom or dad move in with them. Or maybe they have to quit their job to take care of mom or dad instead of putting them in a home. Then, you know, and maybe there's three kids and one of them did all that and the other two didn't help at all. Now what? Is it fair to give the person who quit their job and maybe added on, you know, spent $100,000 renovating their house? So mom can live there? Well, I don't think it's unreasonable to give them $100,000 extra to pay for the money they had to pay to take care of mom. Right. Um, so you can see something that I think is very fair, causing problems when the other two might go, oh, you lived with mom, you sweet-talked mom, you rushed mom to the lawyer to get extra money. Mm -hmm. Well, you can see where that can go south. Or... The flip side, what if someone does this and doesn't get any extra, and they say, well, this is garbage. I should get more money. I should get paid back for all the stuff that I did. It is not fair that we do a third, a third, a third, because I had to spend all this money renovating my house. I had to take time off work. I should submit these bills and get paid out of mom or dad's estate before the rest goes there. So again, and what's right and what's equal and what's fair can be three different equations, by the way. But those are the things where I've seen 
it get really contentious where someone did a lot to take care of mom or dad and had to sacrifice a lot to do it, or someone got money ahead of time, whether a gift or a loan. So even though the plan is fair and it's just, someone on one side or the other is going to think it is not. And in that case, for all the reasons above and, and causing headaches and cooperation and, and hurt feelings, you can understand why maybe going through the probate process to get that wrapped up is maybe not the best way to do it because you're mm-hmm. just putting a target on the back of the executor. Yeah, that sounds like it. I like this next one. I think this one, next one's important as well. You, know, you, you might want to avoid probate court if you have real estate business interests, or other items that cannot easily be passed through a beneficiary designation. Exactly. So I'll actually widen that um, even a little more. Something that can't easily be chopped up uh, and passed on. So if we have an IRA, it's very easy to name the beneficiaries a third, a third, a third, each of the three kids. They'll get their own check or their own stocks and be done with it. No problem. Doesn't really work so well with a house. Okay, you can either have the executor or a business. You know, how do you chop up a business? How do I chop up the Rosenbauer Law Office if I want three kids to inherit it? You can't. Um, right. The only real way to do that cleanly would be to sell it. Same with the house, probably the same scenario. You have to sell it. But at the same time, the executor selling these through the probate process, sometimes it's a distress sale. You don't have a whole lot of time. I mean, good luck getting the probate judge's approval on a valuation for the business, and then everyone agrees. It's a nightmare. Same with real estate. Real estate can be sold through the probate process, no problem, but it's expensive. It takes forever, and especially in today's housing market, delaying things two, three, four, five, six months can be a killer when you're trying to sell or negotiate or deal with a house. Uh, obviously. Um, Or even if there is a way to do a direct transfer, Ben, um, imagine being a third, a third, a third co-owner of a business with your two siblings, and neither of them work in the business, neither of them want it. One person wants to keep it going. One person wants to sell it. You're not sure what you want to do. Who's the CEO? Everyone has to cooperate. So it just forces everyone to be kind of handcuffed to each other. Uh And it just, even people who got along three months ago can be very quick to not get along in the future. Um, Same with the house. Okay, everyone agree on a, what if I want to sell it, you want to rent it out, and the third person's been living there rent-free from mom and dad because they don't have a place to live and can't buy you out. Now what? Yeah. How do we handle that? So again, there's a number of, of issues there where it just doesn't divide up very cleanly. And the last thing you want to do is require all of that process that's going to be a headache anyway to get drugged through the mud in the probate court proceeding and have to deal with the judge and the rules and the delays with that. That could be contentious anyway. Don't make it worse. Yeah, just again, putting strain on the family there. So that takes us to our last one. And I think it's a good reminder that, you know, these are this is, oh, this is public record in this situation. So you might want to avoid probate court if 
You value your privacy, right? Because these are all public record. Everything, right, Nick, is, is, is out there to be found. Yes, you're exactly right. So the probate proceedings are public record. I can see the will on the local probate court website. I can see the beneficiaries. I can see the contact info for the beneficiaries. I can see a list of the assets and how much they're worth. Time-wise, I can see when everything's due and when the payouts are going to happen. If you're one of those super nosy neighbors out there, go to your local county probate court's website and just start typing in names of people you know that have passed away. So for those nosy neighbor creepers out there who have nothing else to do, Ben, we just gave them a gold mine of a gift. Um, so there's a whole lot that they can go through here. Sure. But it's public record, so you can see all of it. Mm-hmm. About the only thing they block out is a portion of the account numbers on the accounts. So oh, if nice. I have something, yeah, if I have something on Chase Bank, it'll show checking account XXXX332. And then Chase Savings, XXXX191. But it'll see there's a Chase checking with 30000 a Chase Savings with 30000 The house is worth 250000 The IRA was worth a million dollars. The will says equal shares to all three kids outright. Here's their names and addresses and phone numbers, by the way. And then you can look through and follow along to see when they get all their money just the way it is. So there's a lot of people who, even if they don't have any of these other problems, that's something that they can't deal with and makes them cringe. They're worried about the whole neighborhood getting nosy and knowing their business and how much money they had and what the kids are going to get. And then all the kids' friends know, hey, little Johnny just got $45,000 from his dad. You can see for some people that's very important. Um, And if privacy is a big thing, Ben, you're exactly right. Probate court is not private. Right. It's it's crazy that all that information is out there. Even, I mean, even the fact that that part of the checking account number and those account numbers is out there is is still pretty wild to me. But that's something I've learned on this podcast uh, during our conversations, Nick. And hopefully, some other people have learned a number of things through this show and and hopefully through today's episode. But you know, there's there's a lot of reasons why probate can be very difficult for for people that are trying to sort out your estate. And it's why in many cases you want to avoid it when you're putting together your plan. And that's something Nick can can work with you on and discuss with you as you're building that estate plan. And again, you can visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com in order to schedule your uh, consultation for your family. You can do that right now online. Very simple to do. Yeah, Nick, this is, I did have the the you know, the accent that, that you were hoping for today, right, for this this conversation. But I do think this is a good spin to put on it. And I think there is still, again, a list of a, a great list of reasons today on this show of of why you're trying to avoid probate. Yeah, absolutely. And look, some some situations are easier and some situations are tougher to deal with within the probate court. Probate court's very strict on its rules, what you can do, what you can't do. So it's good for all of our listeners and everyone, frankly, should think about their situation and then think about, well, probate court can probably handle this okay, or this is going to be a nightmare. We need to find another way. It's good for you to know, hopefully, whatever attorney that you work with, obviously work with a qualified professional. Hopefully they know what's going on. And hopefully the attorney is walking you through this um, and explaining how this plays out in real life. But if nothing else, understand that there are some times where this can be 
very much a hassle. And to be honest, Ben, this may sound a little bit crass or cold-hearted, but I think it's selfish because you'll be gone. You won't have to deal with it. This is just a mess you're going to leave for someone else. So I want you to at least, I want people to at least be conscious of, uh, conscientious of what's going to happen when they're gone and who's going to have to deal with it and what they're going to have to deal with. Because when I'm dead, I don't have to deal with my own probate. So that's just something to be aware of. Know how it plays out in real life so you can make an informed decision. Well, thank you for all that today, Nick. And as always, you can find us online, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. Also, you'll find Rosenbauer Law Office on Facebook and LinkedIn if you want to connect with Nick uh, and his company there as well. But we appreciate you listening to this episode of Complete Estate Planning. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Nick, take care. Absolutely. You too. And uh, if Jeff Foxworthy is <laughs> listening out there, by all means, uh, reach out to us, uh, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com, schedule a call. Uh, and I would love to have you on, and I can have you do the voiceovers on this. So, Jeff, if you're out there, uh, or if any of you out there know Jeff personally, tell him to give us a call. We can jazz this up a little bit. I love it. Nick, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thanks a lot. You too. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.